Hey, well, good morning. I don't know what that was, but happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, we're so glad to have you with us this morning. I, I just want to focus on a couple things real quick. Uh, it, we've, we've learned as a church that it's important to, to connect. Um, and so I've got Genevieve. She's going to come up here and talk to us. But if, if you still are looking for a way to connect within the church or interested in, in connecting deeper, there's a couple different ways to do it. Uh, we have our Celebrate Utah Living events all throughout the year. The best way to find out about those, there's a sheet on the front table, the welcome desk that you can grab, but always, always, always go to our, our website. Who knows what our website is? That's cheating, but okay, yeah. The, the pastor's wife knows it, so just ask her. Uh, yeah, NorthviewUtah.com. That's that has all our events coming up. It's a good way to get connected. Uh, you can even now sign up for events on there. It's a great way to do it. Also uh, is, is our growth track. Anyone in here gone through growth track? Give me a wild and excited woo. There we go. See what you guys are missing out on? And I love growth track. Growth track is a great way to get to know people. I personally love leading growth track. I'm the youth pastor. I'm usually running around like a chicken with my head cut off on Sunday. So I don't get a chance to meet a lot of you. And so I would like to meet you. So come and do growth track with me uh, starting, you, you can start this week or next month. It's, it's a great way, again, to get connected and just to develop those relationships and also develop ourselves and, and, and our skills and see how we can connect within the church. And then last but not least, 2021, we really wanna see our small groups take off. And so that's why I have Genevieve up here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pepper her with a few questions, but she's gonna tell us about small groups. This is Genevieve Cannon. Everyone give two claps for Genevieve Cannon. That, that was close enough. That, that is. Uh, so, Genevieve, tell us about our, our small group. What do we do and how did it start? Okay, so we have a week, like, Bible reading where we, week, we meet on Saturdays on Zoom and we get to just discuss what we've been reading. And it started during quarantine where we started doing these plans together and started doing Zoom meetings, discussing and diving deeper into the Word of God. And we just got to connect with our fellow youth in doing that. Yeah. And initially it was supposed to be six weeks and we were done, but we, we kept going. Why? And I didn't tell her I was going to answer this question. Uh, it just, we connected with everybody so well and we were all growing in our faith and we were able to ask these questions with this group that we wouldn't normally and we really just got that deeper connection with these people. So tell me, uh, what have, what's your favorite thing? What, what have you gotten out of our connect group? Well, there's a lot, and <laughs> I've just grown a lot, and I think all of us have, and I don't think I would be where I am in my journey of faith without it, especially during the quarantine. I got to have these connections and learn and take this time with God and with my fellow youth. Yeah, and then tell me, because um, it is a connect group, it is on Zoom, so we, one nice thing about Zoom is there's some drawbacks. The nice thing is it's we get to see each other's houses, and so what's, what's the weirdest thing we've ever done in our Connect group? That's a hard one, but I think it's got to be the time that we all took out our puppets that we have from, like I have one that I made in second grade, he has one from childhood, you know, just, you know, what, normal youth things. Do you remember why we took out the puppets? Because Elijah's afraid of them. <laughs> yeah, th thank you. Everyone give it up for Genevieve. I just want to share that. It, it started 
it started as just a way to stay connected over over the the quarantine period and it really has it just continues to to evolve and grow and, and I, I'm really impressed with our students it was New Testament in six weeks and we got done with that and they said hey we want to keep going and so we did the Old Testament in six months and they said hey we want to keep going and so now we're doing the whole Bible chronologically in six months and when we're done with that we'll end right around the summer and we're gonna go right into the whole Bible in 90 days and I'm really excited for that but I, I just want to share that is connections been probably the best thing to come out of that and, and that's really our heart for small groups is it is not good for man to be alone and so I would encourage you, uh, if you're not part of a small group, there, there's two reasons to be part of a small group. One is what you can, those, those connections you can get out of it. And two, maybe even more importantly, is other people need you. Is, if you're that, that mature Christian, you say, well, there's nothing I can get out of it. There's plenty that we can give into it. And, and that's really what we need. That's, that's what we found with the students. I, I get out of it more than I put into it. Um, and so I'd encourage you, Sign up for a small group, connect in, in that way, find, find some people that are already doing a small group, and the best way to do that, again, you can go on our website and find all that information. Uh, so I'd encourage you, don't, don't miss out, because I, I promise you, you are missing out on something that is fun and worthwhile, and sometimes you get to play with puppets. Hey, let, let's all stand and, and worship this morning. Let's start off with a time of prayer. Father God, we thank you this morning, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing. Lord, I pray this morning that, that this would be a, a sacrifice of praise to you, Father, that we would just give, give our hearts and our minds over to you this morning, Father, and worship you because you are just so good and so loving and, and so worthy of our praise, Father. And Lord, I just pray that, uh, that you, would, you would turn our hearts to you and our minds, that we would just enter in to your, your presence this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is so good, yes? Happy Valentine's Day, and I just want you to know it's not just for couples, right? Like, we brought flowers to my daughter yesterday, so you have people in your life, just share your love today, right? <laughs> and um, there's always a love of God, and that's something that is never-ending and never-changing. And something that we talked about even just this morning as we were preparing for worship is that His love doesn't make any sense <laughs> because we fail, all of us do, but He is so faithful, right? And his love is not dependent on your mood this morning or, you know, the things that you said yesterday. Uh, his love is just constant. And that is why we praise him, because he's so good, right? Right. Let's worship together. Oh, we're going to get some sound on here in a minute. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's a little weird to be the old one on the team. You guys. I was always the young one. <laughs> I'm old one now. Anyway, let's worship him. <laughs> he Yeah. 
Thank you, God. You are so worthy of our praise. Thank you, God. This next song is Sea of Victory, and if you're facing something right now that seems unbeatable and impossible, claim this song for your own. Claim it for whatever it is. That whatever the battle is that you're facing and walking into, that it belongs to the Lord. We're going to hand it over Him today. We might have to do it again tomorrow and again the next day. But we're going to keep claiming those battles with His name. And we will see the victory, right? Thank you, Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to My God will never fail. Come on, shout that out. No, my for evil he's going to turn it for good and I'm holding on to verse 21 so do not fear I will provide for you and your little ones he has our children in his hands he has us in his hands amen amen thank you God here we go so you take
is good. He is so faithful. God, we sing your praise today. God, we thank you for your faithfulness and for your forgiveness and for your grace. God, it is the only thing that makes us change. Thank you, God, for seeing us and loving us right here. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you and your children give you praise in this place. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God is good, isn't he? So good. He is good. He is good all the time. He's good now. He was good in your past. He is, he goes before you in your future. He is your provider. He is your protector. He is the one who blesses and gives you life. He is the one that sustains you. He is your comforter. He is your helper. He is your God. He is your best friend, your Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is his name. It is uh, good to, to see you this morning on a very cold, windy morning. We woke up and the wind was just howling at our house. Did anybody have a, a howling wind? We had it uh, coming right through the canyon and it was uh, beautiful and I did not want to go outside. Um, and it's, uh, but so I, I just appreciate you being here for the early service. I, I do believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently come to the, surf, the first service. And uh, it's, it's, it's just fun to be in church together. Are you thankful that things are just, we're okay to be together? And I need this. We need this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I need to be back with my church family. And the online is great and it's a wonderful resource and we always want to welcome those who are watching from home who need to stay home and stay safe at this point and we welcome them and thank you for being here but there is we look forward to the day where you can come and join us in person again it is just a refreshing thing that we get to have every single week God has designed and he has ordained the church the body the individuals you and I to strengthen and encourage each other it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It is something that promotes the best qualities in your life, and that's the Spirit of God. We want to see that increase, and we are seeing that increase day by day. You know that's, that, that verse that says that my body is wasting away day by day. It's getting weaker, yet my spirit is getting stronger every day. Boy, that's a good verse. We just are strengthened every day spiritually, and we do that best when we are together. Thank you. She held up a note. Uh, we have our business meeting that's coming up February 28th. I want to make sure that um, I don't miss this opportunity to share this with you. This is Sunday. It will be at 12:15. Basically, it's right after church um, on that Sunday. And we're going to go over just what happened in 2020 and uh, a lot of the challenges, how God provided for us miraculously to be able to continue to meet, uh, meet together as a church body. Um, one of them being the church tent um, tent church was just a phenomenal thing that we got to experience and i'm really thankful that god allowed us to do that um and then our future plans with building and construction and the hurdles and the excitement of what that looks like man i i just want to praise god that we're still on track for that and uh, that 2020 did not provide us a hiccup to set us back we're still just on track and i'd love to just tell you more about that so be here uh, February 28th, Sunday, um, 
the 28th, right after church. So, and I just want to make sure that those of you who went through growth track, Jed kind of mentioned that, and those who have signed up as uh, members and signed the membership card, please be here. Last year, we had a little bit of a hiccup getting started because we needed to uh, have enough members to be able to actually hold this meeting. So if you're hearing this and you're thinking you may do something else, please just be here. I think it will benefit you and also benefit our church just having you here. Good? <laughs> I don't want to get too heavy into our announcements uh, because God is just doing some good things. Let me just open up in prayer and uh, we'll just, uh, just ask God to bless our time together as we dive into his work. Father, we thank you that you have watched over our lives and that we don't have to carry the same burden that the world tries to put upon us. You have freed us. You have set us free from guilt and shame primarily, but also from the stresses of this world. So today, God, I ask for an anointing over those people who have come in here heavy, burdened from the pressures that they faced last week. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, a spiritual relief. And your hands are strong. God, the nothing is too big for you. No addiction. No source of bad news. Broken relationships. It's all in your hands, God. And so today we just come into this place just allowing you to wash over us as we receive your words, reminding us that we're going to be okay. We trust you in Jesus' name, we said together, amen. I want to start off with just a, a story that I found that was interesting that applies with today's message. And it goes like this, Andor Folds was a great Hungarian concert pianist. And he once recounted a kiss that changed his life. He was 16 years old and feeling very low because of an ongoing conflict with his piano teacher. When Emil von Sauer visited Budapest, von Sauer was a famous pianist and the last surviving pupil of another famous pianist, Franz Liszt. Von Sauer asked Folds to play for him. A very anxious Folds performed some of the most difficult works of Bach, Beethoven, and Schumann. And when he had finished nervously awaiting the great master's response, von Sauer got up from his chair, walked over to Folds, and kissed him on the forehead and said, my son, when I was your age, I became a student of Litz. And he kissed me on the forehead after my first lesson, saying, Take good care of this kiss. It comes from Beethoven, who gave it to me after hearing me play. I've waited years to pass this sacred heritage on, but now I feel that you deserve it. And it was that kiss that changed Fold's life and spurred him to continue with his piano studies after and playing, even though the dark even through the darkest periods of his life. Life can be challenging most of the time, right? We don't have to say amen to that, but we can agree that this perspective of life, especially when we're young or teenagers or uh, just kind of starting out, that there's a rose-colored lens on our uh, life that we tend to see at times, um, but we realize that hardships are just a part of life. And you can't get around it. And it's 
There's difficult seasons and there's seasons of blessings and there's seasons of joy. But if we're always just looking for the next season of joy, we're going to miss out on what God is doing in the middle of hardship, even producing joy and blessings. And as we live our lives, you and I, we need help to continue, to keep going. No doubt you face many challenges. At every turn, there's challenges in your life. And it's important for you to have people in your life that will get behind you and tell you that you can do this. Can you imagine a world without any encouragement at all? What would your life be like if you never had anybody affirm you? On the opposite end, can you think of someone who has affirmed you? If you look back in your life, can you think about a mentor or somebody that you worked with or, or a family member who spoke into your life and encouraged you? Maybe you know the value of encouragement because you weren't told, to, uh, told it to you through your parents enough. Or maybe you know the value of it because you did have somebody like your parents tell you enough. Either way, I think that we know that the power of encouragement is one of the greatest gifts that you can receive or you can be given. Amen? There is power in your words. And there are power in the words that are spoken to you. Right now, there is a lot of destruction happening because of the, the words that have been spoken to you in our culture. No doubt you've been affected by it. So with this perspective... Let's turn to the story of Saul and Barnabas in Antioch in Acts chapter 11. We're going to continue there. I hope that you have enjoyed the study through Acts. Johanna did a phenomenal job last week preaching through uh, Acts chapter 10. And thank you for doing such a great job with that. And Jed as well as he has uh, preached about um, Paul's conversion and, or Saul's conversion. And so we're continuing this story through Acts chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 9, and as you're heading, or verse 19, as you're heading over there, let me just give you a little bit of a background to catch you up, because we took a little bit of a break from the life of Saul. When we left Saul, he had a blinding encounter with Christ, remember, on the road to Damascus. And he was on his way to imprison and persecute and torment Christians for the sake of the God that he thought he knew. And he had this blinding experience, this encounter with Jesus. And it just knocked him on his butt. And he was led and he was blind for three days and he was prayed over by Ananias and received his sight back and something like scales fell off and he was able to see again. This miraculous thing that happened to Saul, as we know later as Paul. Immediately after Ananias baptized Saul. Can you imagine this experience? And then immediately after that, he begins preaching Jesus. He's, he just has this experience, this encounter, and then he, he's baptized, and immediately he's preaching Jesus. If we ever think that it's too soon for you to preach Jesus, just get that out of your mind. At any moment, at any part of the road or the destination, God knocks you off your feet and reveals something to you about Jesus, share it immediately. Then when the Jewish leaders... They heard this. They weren't happy. It seems like they're never happy. <laughs> and they begin to make a plan to murder Saul. 
We killed Jesus. It's going to stop this teaching of Christianity. It's going to stop. And then all of a sudden they find out it didn't. The number one person who was supposed to attack and, and uh, oppress the Christians and put them in prison and, and, and quiet the name of Jesus is now preaching Jesus. We got to kill this guy. They make a plan to murder Saul and he escaped by being lowered in a basket at night by the other disciples. Saul made it to Jerusalem, but the disciples there, when they were afraid to really receive Saul because of all of the things that he had done, all the reports, he gets there and he's not welcoming, welcomed by the church. His past is too brutal, too painful. This dude's a bad dude. If you can imagine almost an ISIS coming through those doors. They were too afraid to befriend him. But Barnabas took him in and defended him and spoke up on his behalf and talked about his conversion. And the other disciples then, after hearing Barnabas, accepted Saul. And then after that, Saul debated Christ with the, Greek, the Greeks or the Hellenistic Jews. And he angered them. And then those people plotted to kill Saul. Again, the disciples, they hid Saul and took him to Tarsus. This is where we pick up in Acts chapter 11. Are we getting the picture? Kind of a tumultuous life for Saul already. Acts chapter 11, starting with verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed. Remember, this was Saul. Remember that? This was Saul's doing. They were scattered because of Saul. And traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, or Hellenistic Jews, as you might see in your translation. Telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. There's always good news. Even in the middle of persecution. Even in the middle of hardship. Even in the middle of murderous threats, there's always good news. And it's the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. A great amount of people. You know what this can be translated to? Revival's breaking out. And you can't stop what God intends to promote. And news about this revival reached the church in Jerusalem where, where Saul had just left from. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and he saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. When he, re, when he, when he arrived there, he saw the grace of God was thick through the church. And this is a, a new concept, by the way, that the grace of God wasn't spelled out through rituals, traditions, sacrifices, religious duties. It was all in the faith in the name of Jesus. Almost too easy for us to accept at times. Have you been there? Lord, it would just be easier if I could pay for my own sins. If I could just work harder. If I could just do something, it would make me feel better. 
But the grace of God was well received. They understood it. And it was through the name of Jesus that there was revival breaking out. That will only happen when we're preaching the grace of God through Jesus Christ. It's the only way that revival will ever break out. He was glad he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Again, more and more an increase and in influence was happening in the early church. Then Barnabas, he leaves Antioch. He says, I got to go find somebody. I know exactly who, who God has put inside my mind. I need to go find them. Find this person. Who was it? He went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. How many times does it say great numbers of people? Listen, numbers aren't the most important thing, but they are important because it represents lives. Right. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Do you know why you're called a Christian? Because you're a Christ follower. And where did we get that in scripture? This is the first time it's mentioned. Is right here. At Antioch. Now can you imagine this scenario for a moment? Here's Saul. He's already been run out of town after town after town. Right? It seems like the Jewish leaders don't like them. And the Christians don't like them. Where does he, where does he go? Here's Barnabas. A man who's full of the spirit. And he says, I'm going to go. I'm going to go minister to this man. No doubt. He knew that Saul was an outcast, even among those who were believers. And he seeks after Saul. Interestingly enough, they're meeting in Tarsus because they scattered from Stephen stoning. Saul was the one who caused this church to be planted because they were afraid of Saul. And here's Barnabas saying, I'm going to go get the man who these people are afraid of and help, have him help me pastor this church. I mean, God just uses everybody. It doesn't matter what your past is, how dark it is. God will use that as a platform to preach, a platform to plant, a platform to produce in people. Because it's not about you, what you've done, how bad you've been, how good you've been. It's only through the grace of Jesus that preaches and sparks renewal. Can you imagine what that church thought when they saw Barnabas walk in with Saul? Can you imagine? Here's the God that we've heard of. We knew Stephen. We, we, we cried over Stephen's death. He inflicted so much pain and fear in my life. And now he is coming up here to preach it. I'll tell you what, if any church leader could be called a servant, it would be Barnabas. I know he gets kind of a bad rap sometimes. But he took the initiative to bring encouragement in a unique way. Not only for the church, but for Saul. This was the basically the start for Saul. Saul had a lot of passion, right? He's getting in, but he's getting in a lot of trouble. He needed somebody in his life, in his corner, who said, you've got this. As Barnabas came to church in Antioch and he was encouraged by what he saw. I hope that you're underlining in your Bible whatever you've got. Make some highlights and reference this. 
What did he see? He saw revival breaking out. He saw a great amount of people attending church and exploding and people's lives were being changed. People were being challenged. The grace of God was being preached. He saw revival and Barnabas being well known, a pillar in this new movement called Christianity, gets up behind the podium in this church and he's just so excited what he's, what he's seeing. He's overwhelmed. He's overjoyed. And he just stands at the podium and he gets them together. And what is he saying? He says, you're doing good. You're doing it right, guys. Keep going. You're doing awesome. He doesn't get up there and say three affirmations with one area of improvement. <laughs> he simply applauds them and says, guys, remain true. Keep going. Don't stop. Focus on the importance of the grace of the gospel through Jesus Christ. That's it. Can I tell you something? That encouragement doesn't mean just telling somebody nice things when they're feeling down, overwhelmed, or burdened. It's encouraging them when they're doing something right. Encouragement doesn't just mean telling some, someone nice things when there is a problem. One of the best times to encourage someone is when they're winning. The Duke of Wellington, the Famous military leader who defeated Napoleon was asked at the end of his life if he had any regrets. He said that if he had a regret, it would be that he did not give more praise. Someone once said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Appreciate me and I will not forget you. There's something about encouragement that never leaves your heart or your mind. I want to encourage you this morning to be an encourager. No doubt you need encouragement. I think we all do. But let's take it beyond that. Let's be the encourager that we need. Sometimes we miss out on things because we're waiting for, to receive something before we can give it. But maybe you need to be the person who you need in your life. Katie says that quite often, Lee, that let's be the person who we need. And I want to encourage you to be one of those people who can see something in others. Just look and see and speak encouragement to people. But I also want to say that if your encouragement is not genuine, it will fall short. You see, what happened with, with Barnabas, the reason why he was such a great encourager was because he saw first. He experienced first. He was glad first, right? Have you ever received a fake compliment? You can kind of notice it. Right? But if you ever received a genuine compliment or encouragement, you notice it. So then with this is that Barnabas was glad first, he experienced it, then he encouraged. If it's not in you, if you don't see it, if you're not experiencing it, and you try and fake it, the power is diminished. What did he see? He saw the grace of God. Barnabas saw the grace of God at the work uh, of God and he delighted in it and he encouraged the new church plant to persevere. Look for God's grace in others to persevere. This is one of the greatest things that we can give to keep going. And it's interesting, you probably need encouragement through the grace of God in your life. 
Because you're harder on yourself than you are with others. If somebody is struggling, it's easier for you to encourage that person than it is for you to speak the same words about your own life, right? And you need that in your life. Somebody on the outside saying, it's okay, this addiction is not going to steal you. This doesn't own you. It doesn't define you. This isn't you. This is contrary to what God has made you. Keep fighting. You've got this. When you look in the mirror, you see somebody different than the person out there sees. Let's line it up to what God sees and what we see in you. We see something that has a potential that God is going to use and influence. You've got great things. Your, your hospitality gift, your, your gift of sincerity, your prayers, everything that God has made you to be uniquely you. I want to elevate and say, you've got this. Look for the grace of God working in others and encourage that in them. Look at what God is doing in your connect group. When you hear someone share, encourage them immediately. Can we begin to do that? Let's not wait. You hear it. You see it. Encourage it. Call someone. You know what a phone call will do? What about a text? I know those things sound petty. But maybe that's the starting point. Coming together for a purpose to encourage someone else. That will potentially change someone's life. Take the opportunity to, to be an encouragement to others. See the grace of God in the lives of others. Encourage. Don't just see the faults and the failings. Nor don't. Nor just see the faults and failings in your own life because I think that, that can rob us of being an encouragement to others. Basically, encouragement is not about you. It's about other people. And after Barnabas gets done in this place that's exploding in joy and unity, Barnabas realizes that this church is just going to need some leadership. It's growing too fast. There's, there's, there needs to be some, some stability, some strengthening. So him and Saul... Come in to pastor this church. And I think that the church was a little nervous. But I think that as you can imagine, the reunion when the spirit of God of the spirit of forgiveness and grace and unity. Can you imagine that place? The forgiveness. The love of God in that church. Just brought it to a new level. Look, Barnabas took a risk, no doubt, by bringing Saul back in order to encourage people that God is a restorer. He's a restorer in your life. Share that. Let that be a unifying thing. Us Christians, we're not perfect. God has restored us over and over again. And there are people out there that think that this, this place is full of perfect people. That is probably the biggest lie. <laughs> That we're all messed up and God has restored us, not once, not twice, but seven times, 77. And we are thankful for God's restoring work through the grace of God. And we can encourage people. And we could take the risk to seek someone out and tell them, you believe that God can, is, will work through them. Seek those people out who need encouragement right now. 
Seek them out, those who are distant. Seek those who feel like an outsider. Who think that church isn't for them. That God doesn't care about them. God loved them. Why would there be so many bad things? Listen, we've all had bad things. They need encouragement. Bring them with you. What Barnabas did, he didn't say, hey, Saul, I want you to go to that church. Man, it's on fire. They're going to love you. See ya. He took them. He took him with him. Bring somebody along the journey with you. Bring them to church. Bring them to your connect group. Bring them into your prayers. Bring them into your life. Bring them with you and encourage them. If this is something that you can do, we can all do. Is it be an encouragement together? Why? Because your life is not meant to be lived alone and neither is theirs. It's worth the risk to encourage the grace of God working in others. It was worth the risk for someone to encourage you. And just in case you haven't received, received any encouragement lady, lately. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let me take the time to just encourage you, okay? Don't give up. And I'm just going to say that again. Don't give up. God's brought you too far to give up now. He showed you so many things. Don't give in. It's going to be okay. God is still working. There is a miracle about ready to happen. Keep trusting. You're getting knocked down. Not because you're doing something wrong, but because you're doing something right. Allow the grace of God to just pick you up and carry you. You're too weak to stand on your own two feet, and that's okay. That's exactly where you need to be. Back on your knees is the greatest source of strength that you can have. You're going to make it. Keep praising. Keep meeting. Keep seeking. Guilt and shame, they're not yours to hold. It's what God has released from you. God loves you. He truly does. He sees you. Everything. Everything. And He loves you. He cares for you. He's calling you. Into a deeper, greater understanding of His grace. To free you. To create new, wonderful things in your life. Keep seeking the name of Jesus. It's the only name. Breakthrough is coming. Joy. It goes before you. It's seeking after you. It's His joy. God has not left your side. He's right there. Even in the moments where you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off the walls and you don't know. 
where God is and you're in the middle of pain, He's there. You can do this. Break the old routine. Start a new habit today. Today is different than yesterday. Today's a new day. Let go of yesterday. The forgiveness of God is with you. Pursue His presence. And He will give you His peace. You're going to be okay. God's got this. Barnabas saw potential. Saul made it credible. God proved it valuable. You have more than just potential. In Jesus' name, He gives you credibility. And you are valuable enough for Him to invest in you. We can go further together. Let's continue to spur, to push, and encourage one another through the grace of God. Amen. Let's stand together. think we're on the same boat to be encouraged and to be an encourager so I simply want to just pray over every single one of us and just our church in general and we can be a beacon of light and hope to a discouraged world and it's not by you not by your strength it's all by the goodness of God let's play let's pray and let's just receive from God today Lord Father, we ask for the gift of joy supernaturally to be placed inside of our hearts. Help us, God, to see your, you working and moving so visibly, so clear that it produces gladness in our hearts. Open our eyes. Maybe like Saul, who had something like scales fall off from his eyes, help us to open up and see past the right here and right now to look further and have a, a better view of life and the richness and the fullness of it. Let us see deeper than what's presented by a failing world. Help us, God, to shine brighter in this time. When we're feeling overwhelmed, burdened, or discouraged, we commit at that moment to speak your name, the name of Jesus, to break the chain of anxiety, worry, or fear. We know there's power in your name. Help us, God, to share the power of the name of Jesus to encourage others, our brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are distant from you, those who don't know you. Let us step out of this place 
and out of our comfort zone into an area of influence by being an encourager through the name of Jesus. We ask for your blessings over Northview Church. Continue to be with us. Continue to unite us. Continue, God, to do your best working in us. We're open. We're willing. We're ready to receive all that you have for us. Thank you for building us up today. We take the foundation of your word. We build our lives upon it. Thank you for strengthening us and not leaving us behind, but elevating us into a new area of growth. We bless your name today and always. In Jesus' name we said together, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a fantastic church family. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week.